So I want to welcome you quickly. I'm bringing you a message the Lord gave me last Sunday when we were closing service. He told me to talk about the Christian race. Little did I know that I will be communicating the message in a virtual atmosphere. But in the spirit, there's no distance. So the same message is what I bring to you, the Christian race. And I believe that it's important we bring this message to your awareness, especially in the times that we live in, where the whole world seems to be engulfed by the fear and the dread of a supposed coronavirus. Can you turn your Bible with me to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm reading the verse 1 into 2, but my emphasis is in verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Wherefore, I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, he said, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which thus so easily beset us. And then he said, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let me add verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Somebody say amen to the reading of God's word. You can see from the verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 12 that there's a description called the Christian race and that is where I picked my title from. If there is any moment where demand is going to be made on the Christian, the child of God, the one that is born again, the one that says that he is a son of God, in other words, God in human body, if there is any moment where demand is going to be made on the Christian, I believe it is this time. Because Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Jesus was not addressing everybody. He was talking to his disciples who were to pioneer the move that he introduced. And for which cause we are described after him. Described like Christ. And that is who a Christian is. Like Christ. Functioning like Christ. Behaving like Christ. Talking like Christ. We are the hope of the world. Mind you, child of God. We are the beacon of hope. In this time. Present dispensation of distress that has come upon the whole world. That is why the Lord instructs us to arise, shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. He says, Wherefore, seeing also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. 
Here, the cloud of witnesses refers to the spirits of just men made perfect. Those who have gone ahead of us. Those who have gone into heaven. And who are watching us as though they were in a gallery. Cheering us on in a race. But beyond the cloud of witnesses, we have a lot of unbelievers. Who might have heard that Jesus heals. And probably they might not have believed in your Jesus. But in these times when we live in a coronavirus infected world, I believe that there are a lot of witnesses who may come to you looking for hope, trusting that you may be the source of their healing, the source of their consolation, the source of their comfort, the source of their inspiration. And we dare not disappoint these ones. I'm telling you. Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. He says, let us lay aside every weight. There are some things that may not be seen, but they are a weight. They weigh us down and they prevent us from running the Christian race. We are in a race, not competing with anybody. Actually, we are competing with our individual selves. We are to make the most of the giftings and the calling of God on our lives. And that is why in this race, in the verse 2, he says, looking unto Jesus. You're not looking unto any man. Your standard is not any man. Jesus is our standard. He laid down his life. He died and rose again. And he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Any child of God who does not live by faith is actually not a child of God. Maybe he is only imitating the Christian life. But Jesus Christ uttered faith and he is the finisher of the Christian faith. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. And scripture is saying that because of this race of looking unto Jesus, of endeavoring to reach up to the standard that God has set for us, that is Jesus the Christ. He says, lay aside every weight. I don't know what has been weighing you down in your Christian race. But there are so many things, as I said, which may not be seen per se, but there are weights. It could be friendships. Some friends may not be sinful, they may not be sinners, but they are a weight on your Christian life. And in these times where God wants us to make a difference, he said, lay aside every weight. It could be a certain association. It could be even the food that you eat. It could be an environment that you find yourself in. It could be a business you may be doing. It could be anything that can be an offense to somebody who may be looking up to you as a light, as a beacon of hope. He said, lay aside every weight. Then he said, and the sin which does so easily beset us. We call it the besetting sin. It is the sin that Satan explores based on your weaknesses. Because Satan has been around for a long time. Everybody has some strength and there are areas where we may not be that strong. That is why we complement one another in the body of Christ in strength. So when you become a lone ranger, especially in these times where people are not coming to 
together, but we are at home, and you live the lonely life or the alone life, let me put it that way, Satan can explore an area of weakness and knowing that that area, when he tempts you, you easily fall, he can be hitting that area and before you realize, you are falling. Bible says, lay aside every weight and the sin that, that so easily beset us. Then he said, and let us run with patience. That's my key this morning. There are many races and every race in life is run with swiftness, with speed, with accurate speed, calculated speed. Some train use all manner of gadgets to build muscles that can make them take off swiftly and end swiftly. But when it comes to the Christian race, it is the only race that is run not with swiftness, not with shortcut, not with trying to outwit another, but it is run with patience. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Child of God, there's a race set before us. There's a race. We have a race. We are not competing with one another, no. We are actually competing with our individual selves. You are competing with yourself. I'm competing with myself. In other words, I must make the most of what God has endowed me with. Because at the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to require from us what we did with what he gave us. There are those who may be great in the world, who may receive global applause, but in the sight of God, they have done nothing. Why? Because God knows the deposit of giftings and graces upon their lives. So God does not compare me with another person. He does not compare a big pastor somewhere with me. He compares me with myself. He compares you with yourself. He compares you based on the ability he has put on the inside of you and what you did with that ability. He compares you based on the giftings he has given you and what you did with those giftings. He compares you based on the opportunities he brings your way and what you did with those opportunities. So in the Christian life, the Bible says those who measure themselves among themselves and who compare themselves with themselves, the Bible says they are not wise. Wisdom demands that in the Christian race, we don't compare ourselves with anybody. You compare, if anything at all, you must compare yourself with Christ. Have I measured to the standard of Christ? That is why he said in the verse 2, looking unto Jesus, he is the ultimate goal. He is the ultimate goal. Jesus is the ultimate goal. So he says to run the race. Don't run as if you are in competition with a brother or a sister. Run with patience. The question is, why patience? I'm going to answer that question. Why patience? And I'll use scripture to answer the same question. That's Hebrews, the same Hebrews chapter 10. Let me read verse 36. Why patience? Why is it that the Christian race is the only race that is run with patience and not with swiftness, not with um, utmost alacrity, you know, running with some swiftness? Why patience? Hebrews 10, verse 36, may answer that question. Hebrews 10, 36, also from the King James Version of the Bible, it says, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Okay. 
Let me take 37 to 38 and you understand why patience. 37 says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Let me end with 39. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Will you say amen to the reading of God's word? Ye have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. It is in the same context that he said the just. The 38 says, now the just shall live by faith. In other words, the righteous, the one who is born again, in this present dispensation, he lives by faith. What is faith? Faith is the response of the human spirit to the word of God. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But he is giving us another key in addition to faith that makes our race beautiful. And he calls it patience. So it is true now that just shall live by faith but he says we should add patience. In addition to living by faith he says you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God. Not when you have done the will of God. Not before you do the will of God but after you have done the will of God. You may obtain the promise. After. After you have need of patience child of God. That's one major reason why God wants us to run the race with patience. It's a tool with which God matures his sons and daughters. Hallelujah. Okay, just to buttress that point, Hebrews 6, 12, the same book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12, tells us something. He says, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Is that not similar to what we just read in Hebrews 10 36? That you have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you obtain the promise. Then it tells us in verse 38 that the just shall live by faith. But the just who lives by faith needs patience. That is why in Hebrews 6 12 it says, That ye be not slothful, don't become lazy. But followers, in other words, imitate those who through faith, not only faith and patience, inherit the promises. Let me take 13 to 15. 13 says, for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. Verse 15. And so after he, that is Abraham, had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Hallelujah. Beautiful scriptures we are reading here. So the Christian life is lived by faith. But God says that in addition to faith, you have need of patience. Why? Because it is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. And then he gives Abraham as a typical example that God gave him a promise. But at the time God gave him the promise, he was 75. That I will make you the father. In fact, he said, I have made you the father of many nations. And yet he didn't have a son. From 75 to 125 years, Abraham patiently endured and after he had done the will of God what was that will of God enduring 
enduring whilst waiting on the fulfillment of God's promise. Bible says after he had done the will of God, he obtained the promise. So the same key, if we say we are children of Abraham, Abraham is a father of faith. If we are the children of Abraham, if we are the children of God, God is telling you and me this morning and wherever you are watching us from or, or connected to in this virtual service that you need patience in addition to your faith. Especially in these trying moments. Let me show you another scripture. I said, especially in these trying moments. Where the whole world is engulfed with something that it looks as if we were not prepared for. But God knew it from the foundation of the world. That there will come a day called the testing time. The trial time. Who goes to school and is not tested and is not tried? The whole world is under trial. Those who have put their faith in something else will certainly fail because their confidence is not rooted in God. God will shake every foundation. But those who have put their faith in God, they will also be tried, mind you. But the difference will be that the trying of our faith is like gold passing through fire. We will only come out better. We will only come out stronger. We will only come out wiser. We will only come out, you know, improved. And I believe that's what God wants to bring out so that he can bring mature sons and daughters out of the multitudes and together we can finish the work before Jesus comes. Hallelujah. So I'm going to show you the last scripture, James chapter 1. James is after the book of Hebrews chapter 1 and I'm reading 2, 3 and 4 verses 2 and 3 and 4. Also from the King James Version of the Bible. He said, my brethren, oh, Look at the way God addresses you and me. He calls us brethren. Romans 8 says that, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So Jesus is our senior brother. And yet, at a point like this, he wants to test the faith that we have in him. So he says, my brethren, count it all joy. Not some joy, but all. Including the infestation of our world with coronavirus. He says, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations. Other verses says diverse trials. There are many trials. What is happening to the world now is a trial. It's a temptation. Remember, God has not tempted us with evil. So, if God allows an evil occurrence, it's a test of the faith of the brethren. Not to harm you, but to do something we will read very soon in your life. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Verse 3 says, knowing, do you know this? He said, knowing this, and you've got to know this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Is that not what we've been talking about? You need patience. Run the race with patience. Follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So, if you say you have faith, then remember your faith will be tried once upon a time. There will come a time where your faith will be put to the test. And I believe that apart from judgment that has come upon the whole world, God is testing the faith of his people. Do we have faith in God or we have faith in the systems that are failing? That's the question. Where is your faith? Where have you placed your faith? Apostle Paul in the book of Corinthians he says that when I came to you I did not come with the excellency of speech 
No, the wisdom of man, I came in the demonstration of the spirit and of the power of God. So that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. My question is, where is your faith? Is your faith in the power of God or your faith is in the power of your bank account? Or your faith is in the power of the systems that you have put in place? The systems are falling. But if your faith is in the power of God, if your faith is in the name of Jesus, if your faith is in the word of God, if your faith is in God, then your faith will come out stronger. Your faith will come out better. And your faith will be, will be given another grace or virtue called patience. Because we have seen in some three verses pretty, you know, earlier that we should run the race with patience and that you need patience and that we should follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So he tells us in James 1, the verse 3, that knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. God allows our faith to be tried for a reason, to bring patience. 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 And if you are watching and you are typing, you can type, I need patience. You can type yourself, I need patience. Why? Because patience is a tool with which God matures us and matures our faith. I'm going to show you the next verse very soon. Patience is a tool. Without that, and patience can never be learned in a classroom. You don't go to a classroom where they said, I'm going to teach you about patience. And then they write and then you just rehearse and then you have patience. No, patience comes through trials. The trying of our faith. So if you're a child of God, definitely. And that's the time we've gotten to. This is not just some local trial. It's not some regional trial. It's not some national trial. It's not some continental trial. It's a global trial. Everybody all over the world, the, the faith of the brethren is being tested. And the question is, where is your faith? If your faith is in God, you will pass. But if your faith has been in men, mind you, the arm of flesh will fail you. I pray that your faith will stand strong in the midst of the trial that the whole world is going through in this dispensation. Verse 3 again of James 1. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Verse 4 says, but let patience have her perfect work. What does that mean? The next line says, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. In other words, God uses faith, uh, sorry, patience to perfect us. He uses patience to mature us. The word perfect there is mature. God uses patience to mature us. He wants his children to grow up. When, when Paul went to the Corinthian church, he said, when I came to you, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. I had to speak to you as to carnal people, even as unto babes who needed milk and not meat. For you could not even take meat nor bones. And, and even after now, Paul said, you are still not able to take meat. For whereas there is division and strife and envy among you, are you not carnal and walk as mere men? If we do not grow, we cannot finish the work before Jesus comes. And that will mean that many souls will perish. So God, in his wisdom, has allowed a trial. It's a global trial. It's a judgment upon the people of the world, but it's a testing of our faith. It's a wake-up call to wake up and say, hey, it's about time I improve on my faith. 
And to improve on your faith, your faith will be tested. And as your faith is being tested, it will work in you a patience, a certain break, which will not make you outrun God, where you will now look unto Jesus as your standard, as the ultimate, where you will not take guidance and instruction from the Holy Spirit before you move. You don't get up and do your own thing just because you believe you live in the world. You can go wherever you want to go. In your maturity, you will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Was it not Jesus who told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel? So you could have gotten up and said, I'm going anywhere because he said we should go into all the world. But the same Holy Spirit who spoke through Jesus that go into all the world and preach the gospel. When Apostle Paul and his companions wanted to go to Mesia to go and preach, the Holy Spirit said, don't go. They wanted to go to Bithynia. The Holy Spirit said, don't go. Until in the night, a man spoke in a vision and said, come over to Macedonia and help us. So they concluded that this must be the direction of God. In other words, though the Lord has said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, you still have to listen to God's instruction. You can't run ahead of God. You run with patience. And you can't outrun the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the leader. He is the boss. He is the spirit of lordship. You've got to allow him to take over your soul and guide you continually in the way that you should go. And a lot of God's children have taken God for granted. We get up and do our own thing. We go everywhere. We lay hands anyhow. We just do anything and we believe that God is okay with it. No, he wants us to mature. So he's trying our faith to work in us the necessary, the grace call it macrotomia. That is patience. It's a work on the inside of you that puts breaks in your spirit. That makes you have discernment to know that I can't outpace God. I can't outrun God. Jesus is the standard. I must do it the way Jesus did it. If there were times that Jesus Christ could just leave the midst of people because he could not do many miracles there. How dare you go everywhere and do everything and eat everything and flow with everybody. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. God is calling on believers all over the world to run the race with patience. Run the Christian race with patience. You need patience, child of God. You need patience to mature you. You need patience to mature your faith. You need patience. For with faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Other than that, your faith will be lopsided. Your faith will not yield the full dividends. And that is what a lot of God's children are doing. They have faith. So they, are just, they just go out because I have faith. Who told you so? It doesn't work like that. It reminds me of a story of a young guy who had faith that Jesus said that you shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. And so he saw somebody who was insane, mentally disordered. Just called him and said that God says that you shall lay hands on the sick, shall recover. Without hearing from God, without listening to God's instruction, he will lay hands on the, on, the, on the mentally disordered man. The mentally disordered man got well, but he ended up becoming mentally disordered. What are you talking about? Somebody will say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying that it is true that God said we should do all things, but we should let the Holy Spirit have the leadership. That's where the patience comes in. That is why we wait on God. That is why we wait on his instruction. If we do not wait on God and run the race with patience, but we run the race just because the race is set before us, we will miss the point and go ahead of the Holy Ghost. God is calling on you and me to repent. In these trying moments, he wants to mature our faith. He wants to mature, bring us to the place of maturity. He said, let patience have its perfect way. In other words, let patience be used to perfect you. 
God uses patience to mature us. In your maturity, there are some things you see it, but you have not seen it. There are some things you see it and realize that when I was young, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But now that I'm old, I put away childish things. When I was young, I could have done this. But now I wait on God and allow him to direct me. Lead me in the way that I should go. Do you get a point? So do you see the Christian race? Child of God. The Christian race is run with patience. You have need of patience. In addition to your faith, you have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you obtain the promise. Other than that, without patience, you can even do the will of God with your faith. But no inheritance of the promise. Yeah. Yeah. You can do exploits with your faith. But because God was not involved, but because God did not instruct you, you can finish. And after that, there's no inheritance because you didn't know that you, you ought to obtain the promise with faith and patience. Can you begin to talk to God? God, I need patience. If God says you have need of patience, tell us, Father, I need patience. And we don't pray for patience. Actually, we don't pray for patience, but we trust God that in the midst of the trial, we will develop patience. In the midst of our trial, we will develop macrotomia. In the midst of our trial, we will build patience. That the trial of our faith will build patience. That where we need to hear God, we will learn to hear him well. Where we need to understand the will of God, we will understand him well. Open your mouth and pray wherever you are, all over the world. You want to pray and say, God, I need patience. I need patience. Grant me the grace that in these trying moments, my faith will not fail. That my faith will rather improve. Improve with patience. I need patience, Lord. I have need of patience that after I have done the will of God, I will obtain the promise. I pray, Holy Father, that in these trying moments, in the moment where the whole world is being tried, that my faith will not fail, that I will sound strong in faith, faith with patience to inherit the promises in the name of the Lord Jesus. I shall glory. I hear the Lord say, Stop complaining. I'm talking to somebody who's watching me right now. Stop complaining. Your complaint will keep you repeated in the same class. Because until you pass that class, God will not promote you. God wants to promote you, both spiritually and physically. But your complaint is hindering your progress in the Christian race. Instead of you rejoicing, didn't he say, count it all joy? Didn't he tell us in Philippians chapter 4 verse 4, the man who wrote that letter, he was in prison, his hands were in chains, and he, in, in the midst of the chains, he could still write, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. He didn't say rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say sometimes complain. Stop that complaint. 
I said, stop that complaint. For the Lord wants to use you. But your complaint is hindering the flow of his spirit. Those complaints are hindering and grieving the Holy Spirit from flowing through you. You are a chosen vessel. You are called by God. Yes, no doubt about it. The hand of God is upon you. Yes, no doubt about it. But your complaint, complaining about everything. Why is it that God, why is it that, hey, Bible says you have need of patience. You have need of patience. Perhaps you are the reason why God brought this message. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you are watching me right now. God says that stop the complaining. Stop the memory. Stop it. Because it's grieving the Holy Spirit. It's not helping your Christian life. It's not helping you to run with patience. Looking unto Jesus, the author, and the finisher of our faith. Everything you are complaining, everything you look around, you're complaining. Stop the complaining. Thank God for your life. If not for Jesus, do you know that you would have also been among those who are destitute? Those who are, who are outcasts out there? You've got to thank God for Jesus. It is the love of the Father. It is the love of the Father that has qualified us. As a matter of fact, we don't qualify. But his love has qualified us. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Me, to be called a child of God, a son of God. God in human body is unthinkable. It's unimaginable. That alone is enough for me to say, thank you, Lord. I didn't deserve it. But you made me so. Blessed be your holy name. And stop the complaints. If we will ever be used by God, we've got to learn to appreciate him. In Romans 5, 8, he says, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that why we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Child of God, it was not when we qualified. We didn't deserve it. It was while we were still sinners that he died. So it's not your, your good works that is going to make God love you more. He demonstrates his own love towards us. His love is unconditional. It had no conditions. We didn't qualify, but he qualified us with his, with his love. So don't think that now that you have been living holy, now that you have kept yourself, now that you have been doing good works, why are things not working? Why those complaints? Was it not why you were still sinner up that Christ died for you? Stop the complaint. Stop the complaint. Look unto Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set at the right hand of the throne of God. Your throne is awaiting you, brother. Your throne is awaiting you. Sister, listen to me right now. Your throne is set. But look unto Jesus. He, he endured and he despised. There are some things you must endure. There are some things you must despise. Despise the shame. Trust in the Lord. He's a faithful God. I see the hand of God come upon your life wherever. Wherever you are right now, the hand of God is coming upon you. He will make the impossible possible in your life. I hear the Lord say, He will come and save you. I heard it. He will come and save you. Say to the weary one, He will come and save you. Say to the weary one, He will come and save you. God is faithful. And He's always faithful. I say, He will come and save you. Don't despair. He will come and save you. He's a faithful God. I see the wings of the spirit and I hear the Lord say I will come and save my own don't despair don't begrudge God don't, don't, don't put God in the class of man God is love period the best way to describe God is love 
So if you think that you have a grudge with God, you made you made the biggest mistake of your life. This is not a time for you to say, if God loves humanity, why is it that people are suffering? You are wrong, brother. Do you know what would have come upon humanity if not for the church in the world? If not for the church, which is the light of the world and the salt of the earth, do you know what would have come upon humanity? We are the reason why the mystery of iniquity has not taken its full course. We are hindering iniquity from manifesting. So it is love that has kept us. It is the love of the Father. Stop the complaint. Stop the complaint. If there's anything we should do, we should rather confess our shortfalls. Confess the besetting sins, the weights, the things that have hindered us from running the race with God. And make that confession right now as I make my own. I know myself better than anybody. Bible says what man knows that the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him. I know myself. I know I don't qualify. I always say I know I don't qualify. But somewhere, somehow, grace and mercy qualified me. The love of the Father qualified me. I'm talking to you from a pulpit this morning, this hour. It's not because I'm better than you, no. It's not because I'm righteous than you, no. It's because somewhere, somehow, God wanted to use me. He could have used you the next time to bless me because iron sharpeneth iron and so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Why don't you begin to tell God about a short falls, the weight, the sin, the sin that does so easily beset us. Every day we fall into the same sin. And every day we tell God, I'm sorry. But you find yourself falling into the same sin. He says, ha, ha, ha. if you're going to run the race, lay them aside. We arise like the prodigal son. We will arise and go back to the Father. We're coming back to the Father. We're coming back to the Father. We reach out to the love of the Father. I'm coming back, Lord. I'm coming back, Lord. I'm, I have nowhere to run to. I'm running to you, Lord. I'm running to you, Lord. I'm running to you, Lord. I run to you, Lord. Hush. I see the anointing. Take over your soul. Take over your spirit. I'm running to you, Lord. It's a race that we must run. We have no choice than to run with patience. The race that is set before us. I run, I run, I run to you, Lord. I run to you, Lord. I run, Marandolo Sopraka. I run to you, Lord, with my heart. I run, I run to you, Lord. I run to you, Lord. As I run, I lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset me. I lay them aside. I put them aside, like Zacchaeus, Aramarantorosa, like blind Batimius who laid aside the garment I throw away the weight and the weight that will hinder me I throw it away the besetting sin I throw it away I run to you Lord I'm coming back I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about Jesus I'm coming back I'm coming back I'm coming back to the heart of worship I'm coming back I'm coming back to communion with God I'm communion with God back to my first love back to my first love I'm coming back I'm coming back I'm coming back 
and I'm coming back. Harus, remene mene mene katajos. I'm coming back. Harus. It's all about you. Oh yes, Lord. It's all about you. It could never be about us. It's about Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. I lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset me, Lord. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. It's definitely about you, Lord Jesus. Oh, it's all about you. 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 It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. Oh, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about. It's definitely about Jesus, not about me, not about you. It's all about. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Sing, it's all about you. It's all about you. I'm looking up to you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. 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 Lord, it's all about you, Jesus. So one week. Longing just to bring something that's a word that will change your heart. Oh, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. Search much deeper within through the way things appear. You look it into my heart. I'm coming back. I'm coming back, Lord. I'm coming back to the place of communion. I'm coming back to my first love. It's all about you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I made. Oh, when it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. 
somebody who is watching us. Your Christian race has been one of competition. You have seen the Christian race as that of a competition. And the Lord through this message has corrected you today. And he tells me to tell you correct yourself. That the Christian race 
It's not a competition. It's a complementation. No one single individual and no one single ministry and no one single church has all of it as far as the body is concerned. Because the body is not one part. There are different parts. There are lungs. There's a lung. There's a liver. There's a heart. There's a kidney. In fact, there's also fingernails. What a fingernail can do, the heart cannot do. If you have some itch around your body and you want to scratch your body, even in these times where we are not permitted to use our hands so much to speak, even on our face, and you have this strong itch, your heart cannot do that job. It's the same hand you are not supposed to touch your face with which you will be tempted some way, somehow to use on your face, to scratch your face and use your fingernails to scratch whatever is bringing the itch. What am I saying? You have a role, you have a place and your individual place is honored by God. Even if it's not honored by man, it's honored by God. That is why he says, look to Jesus. If you look to man, if you compare yourself with somebody else who may be out there loud, and it seems to be doing big things and you seem to be doing nothing you are wrong brother I'm talking to you, I'm prophesying to you the Lord says that he has corrected you through this message now you must correct yourself in fact the Lord says that what I'm saying actually addresses three people who are listening right now, three people correct yourself and change your mentality about the Christian race it's not a competition Bring your input. Let your input come into the body and it will complement what has already been done. There's no foundation that is laid except that which is laid. That, that is Jesus Christ. He's the chief cornerstone and we are only building upon. So your, your addition, if it is done faithfully, will be rewarded. But if it is done in competition, there will be no reward. So I thank God for your life that you have corrected yourself as you have listened. May the Lord help you to renew your mind with this message that you run the race with patience, not with haste, to make it at all costs. It is not by hook or crook. It is as the Lord leads and guides. And I pray that the Spirit of the living God will grant you the wisdom. In the same book of James, when you read the next verse, it says, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask. The same God has given you the wisdom as you have asked because it was a request in your heart as I was preaching and the Lord brought this word of knowledge to you that you correct yourself. He's giving you the wisdom now to settle with patience and to know that it's not a race with man. It's a race with God. Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. He will reward you according to your faithfulness. So just keep being faithful for he is faithful. The Lord bless you as you understand his word in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.